Today in current events, from a Christian perspective, Hamas releases hostages. No Americans yet, though. Young people are turning to the Quran for very based, albeit misguided, reasons. A California pastor is kicked out of the police oversight board because he's, uh, well, a Christian. And satanic Christmas trees show there's no end to the oxymoronic symbolism of the secular left. All this and more today on Meadow to Garden. This is Church Public. Welcome back to Church Public. I am Matt, your host as always, and really appreciate you stopping by today. We have a lot of news to get to, and we look at current events from a Christian perspective so that you can live out your faith. Got some interesting stories today to just figure out, hey, what is going on in this world? And really a lot of the stories, I mean, I do look for these, but inadvertently, they all talk about how you're only supposed to have your faith in your home or in your church. You're not supposed to have your faith everywhere. But again, that goes against the biblical value of loving God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. That is, in essence, every single part of you. So you should be able to have your faith everywhere. And the founders of America, much less many Western countries, have written this into their founding documents, especially in America, freedom of religion. You're supposed to be able to be free to worship in the way that you want to, especially when it comes to Christianity, specifically when it comes to Christianity. And yet more and more, Christianity is told, and Christians are told, no, no, keep your faith to yourself. So we look at those current events from a Christian perspective so that you can live out your faith. If this is helpful to you, you can hit the like, share, subscribe, all the other things. Um, if you are listening on audio, you may want to see some of the videos that we're going to look at today. I will try to describe them as best I can, but I appreciate you in either place, wherever you are getting this news. So let's hear some news and see what we got going on. All right, so we've got an update from uh, Israel. Hamas has released some Israeli and Thai hostages, and I think a Russian as well. So far, as far as I have heard, they haven't released any Americans. So this is uh, good news on the one hand. On the other hand, um, you know, there's a lot more. Let's read a bit here. This is via the Christian Post. Hamas agreed to release 50 of 236 hostages in exchange for 150 Palestinians being held in Israel as part of a prisoner hostage exchange. 13 Israelis were freed Friday on the first day of the exchange. 10 Thai hostages and one Filipino were released in a separate deal negotiated with Iran. Now, I'd love to just interject here and make sure you hear this understanding, a prisoner hostage exchange. In other words, all of the hostages that Hamas held were hostages people taken without their consent who were innocent civilians, and all of the people who were released by Israel were prisoners, meaning they had done something against someone else to put them in prison. So anyway, make of that what you will. Let's read a little bit more from this article. October 7th, Hamas lost a large-scale attack on southern Israel, killing an estimated 1,200 people while taking as many as 240 people hostage, including American citizens. As many as 10 Americans remain unaccounted for after Hamas' October 7th attacks. Some are believed to be held hostage, including three-year-old Abigail Moore Eden. So, Barbara, let's continue on. Barbara Leaf, Assistant Secretary for State, uh, sorry, Assistant Secretary of State for Near Eastern Affairs, told the House Foreign Affairs Committee earlier this month the death toll is likely, quote, higher than the estimate being cited. And, quote, she continued on. 
In this period of conflict and conditions of war, it's very difficult for any of us to assess what the rate of casualties are, said Leaf, in, as quoted in The Hill, quote, when, sorry, we think they're very high. Frankly, it could be that they're even higher than are being cited, end quote. Additionally, the IDF has urged Palestinian civilians living in northern Gaza to flee southward to escape the violence, but Hamas has not allowed many civilians to leave, creating a humanitarian crisis within the Hamas-controlled territory. We continue to pray for that situation. On a lighter note, but also an interesting note, I came across this story, and this story is about a choir in Barbados. Um, so this is an island in the Caribbean, but it still is a Christianized Western style of civilization. And yet this choir was disqualified from a singing competition because it stated biblical values. So I'm going to play for you a little bit of this song. Again, if you're listening on audio, you can listen and remember that this choir is in Barbados um, or Barbados, depending on how you pronounce that. I apologize. So this is Praise Academy of Dance Barbados, disqualified by the National Independence Festival of Creative Arts, which hosts a national dance competition because it challenged the gender identity teaching. So let's listen to this. it there, but you get the idea. I mean, they even say no cap for your youth out there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I love I love that. I, I love that. The piece titled Speak Life centered around a 15-year-old girl who, amid a struggle with gender identity, found her true identity through the Bible and God, according to the St. Vincent Times. The dance routine included dialogue about biology that said, quote, it's not a choice. You don't get to pick. That's the science, period, end quote, as you just heard in the recording. A banner from the Bible was on stage, according uh, to Protestia, and it said, quote, Genesis 5-2. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. The group fought back, saying its expulsion was unconstitutional and the issue of, quote, unquote, bad taste was not explained, according to the release in the St. Vincent Times. Gregory Nichols, a member of the country's left-wing labor party and the arbiter of the Natural Cultural Foundation, stood by the decision to ban the performance. The NIFCA judges are experienced practitioners in their respective fields and are carefully chosen by the NCF to judge its competitions, he said. Continuing on in a quote from him, quote, the judges determined the entry was in breach of the rules, more specifically in, the, in that it exceeded the bounds of good taste, end quote. <sighs> yeah, let's continue on in this article because I'm going to say something I regret. Attorney Davida Maynard Holligan noted the irony the group was, quote, excluded in the name of inclusivity, end quote. Correct. <laughs> 
He said the comments from Nichols sent, quote, a chilling message to the Christians on the island, especially young students who do not believe in and refuse to conform to confusing and harmful gender identity, ideology, and extreme teaching. He said the band performance was, quote, based entirely on science and holy scripture, as you heard in the recording. Continuing on in the quote, the piece explores the different biological chromosomal makeup of male and female. It presents a Christian viewpoint of gender identity and sexual orientation, and on this basis declares from a Christian worldview there are only two genders, end quote. Yeah, based. Continuing, banning the performance amounts to a ban of the expression of the Christian faith. The show was performed on a government-owned, tax-funded stage and marks one of the first known instances of the Christian faith being oppressed in Barbados in public, Maynard Holligan said. He said the issue is bigger than one dance group, arguing that, quote, if left unchallenged, the decision has serious ramifications for freedom of religion and expression in Barbados and across the Caribbean, end quote. Correct. This is what I keep saying. Uh, and you'll say, no, this is just an island, but the distance from the island to the mainland is a lot closer than you think. A little bit more on this article, artistic director Marsha Weeks said the ruling may impact, if left unchecked, how we in Barbados and the Caribbean express our faith on issues of gender and sexuality in the future, according to Barbados Today. This is the problem, and this is what we see over and over again. This distance, you, you say, oh, this is just an island. Yeah, but you, you, this is the problem. If you have an idea that... You can't say what you think, or here's a here's a worse one, an idea that you can't say what God thinks according to his word, like the Genesis passage that was quoted here, then what can you say? And the answer is only approved speech. And this is where we're going. It can only be approved speech. Speaking of approved, speaking of things that are not approved, it's quite interesting. I ran across this article that um, these young kids now are turning, I guess, young adults, I could say, whatever, are turning to the Quran for classic values like marriage, family, heterosexuality, chastity, even patriarchy. Oh, dear. It almost sounds as if they really want to be Christians, but this culture hates Christians so much, they obviously can't be Christians. So they're turning to the Quran. Watch this. I started uh, reading Quran. I just started reading the Quran. So I've been reading the Quran, and I have a... Salam. Good morning. Uh, and this is why so many people are starting to read the Quran. So I ordered a Quran and I just wanted to show you how I have. Okay, so I'm an ex-Christian reading the Quran. Today, I'm going to go through fighting. Fighting war. I started reading the Quran. Um, this is the We're on the Quran. And we're on Joseph. Or so I have started already tonight a little bit. It is my first time reading the Quran. I thought I would share my thoughts on the first. This sentence from the Quran just answered a question I Okay guys, so I got the Quran. Um I got like a version that I I'm going to go ahead and pause it there, but I think you get the idea. What seems to be happening is the culture is totally against Christianity and this young generation is just going along with the culture. The problem is these young people, these young adults, many of them, you, if you were just listening, uh, one of the subtitles was, I'm a Catholic and I'm reading the Quran. One of them you heard say, I used to be Christian, but now I'm not, so I'm reading the Quran. The problem is these young people see their parents and the culture uh, you know, melting down in front of them, 
in the face of this declining morality. I talk a lot about that. I've talked about that for years at this point, that it's clear morality needs a founding. It needs a foundation in something outside of yourself. You are not special enough. You are not smart enough to make your own morality and make it make sense. None of us are. That's the reality of it. That's what God says to us. We have to build our foundation on something. When we build it on ourself or our random values, it just destroys and goes into all of these really weird and sometimes ugly and gross places. Whereas if you build your foundation, your morality and everything else on God and on the Bible, it is a beautiful thing because that's based in truth. Just like the choir that we just heard, there is biology, there is reality, there is spirituality, and you should base your foundation on that. Now, this generation, unfortunately, is just going along with the culture because there's no strong fathers, there's no family, there's no meaning of life that they feel. They don't have any responsibility. And of course, they have no future with same-sex relationships because, well, biology, again. But it is not culturally good to be a Christian. We all know this. This is what I've been saying, and if you've been listening for a while, you probably recognize that too. Not everybody does yet, but I hope more of us do as we go through time. In fact, for these young people, for their entire lives in every context, from movies, TV, school, media, social media, they say that Christianity is bad, patriarchy is bad, family is bad, men are bad, and men and women having a baby as a family is just limiting. So all of these things are bad in the context of Christianity. So they can't go with Christianity, even though Christianity is clearly giving them the answer. Jesus is clearly the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, John 14. But in Islam, you get some of these things. Now, granted, it's a different way, but you do get some of these things. I have a feeling they haven't actually read the whole Quran yet. I hope they do, in fact. I hope they get to it. I'm a little concerned when they get to these ideas of Sharia law and some of the other pieces of the Quran, but hey, at least they're searching for something. But the reality is they're not going to find what they're looking for because the Quran, Islam, the, the faith in Allah and Muhammad will not give them peace or salvation. It just can't because it's not true. But these people are turning to Islam to fill the Christian void, the void that is left by God, because they still view the world in oppressor and oppressed ideals. This is the classic Marxist um, critical theory ideal, and they've been told that Muslims are oppressed and Christians are the oppressors, especially white Christians, of course. So they can't be Christians. So they're turning to Islam. They're turning to the Quran. They're reading it and going, oh, it's good to have a strong father. It's good to be married. It's good to not be in a same-sex relationship. All of the things that they know are right in their heart because they are the right things but they can't turn to Christ or Christianity because the culture says, no, no, Christianity is bad. So let's try Islam. Let's try reading the Quran. And they see many of the same things. Unfortunately, as I mentioned, and if you haven't read the Quran, you may want to. I, I, you know, I've, I've read good portions of it. It, <laughs> it doesn't say the same things that the Bible says. I'll just put it that way, uh, not to go into it too deeply on this stage. Obviously... You know, they think that Muslims are oppressed, Christians are oppressors, so they have to not be Christian. They have to do something else. Now, I would say they probably have never been to a Muslim country because <laughs> it's different there. But that doesn't matter here in America or in the West more broadly. The only thing that matters is not being a Christian. So this should be a wake-up call to you and other Christians to say, hey, if we don't stand up for our faith, if we don't 
call out loudly what faith really is and what following Christ really looks like, the nation of Islam is going to rise up and take this next generation because they are spiritual, they have not been religious until now, and they need meaning in their life. So they're turning to things like Islam and other uh, paganistic ideals, and they're going along this way because they know there's more. They know there's more than what you can feel. They know there's more than your five senses. They know there is more than just the physical world. There is a spiritual world. That is clearly the case when you read through the Bible, but this culture has so obliterated any idea that the Bible is good. This culture hates Christianity. It hates the Bible. It just does. And as Christians, I would love to say we have a great opportunity here to lean in and preach the Bible and preach Christ crucified in every place that we can. Is it going to be popular? No. And we should... I want you to go in eyes open and, and fully aware that when you say that Christ is Lord, like we read, uh, you're going to get pushback, especially from people like this. But it's still true and it's still important. Speaking of uh, missing the mark in religion, I don't really, I don't know what to say about this story. The Pope invited 44 trans-identified males to meet with him. Let's watch. I'm actually going to turn down the audio on this a little bit. We don't really need to hear what they're saying. They're just on a bus. If you're just watching, I'm sorry, if you're just listening and not watching, there's a bunch of men uh, dressed as women on a bus, and then they go and meet the Pope. Listen, I, you know I'm no fan of the Pope, but seriously, we are so far from the New Testament at this point. It would be kind of funny if it were just not so sad. I, I don't know what to say about this. So you saw a bunch of people on a bus who were playing dress up and then they're all meeting the Pope. It does. Now, I, maybe there's more going on here. I would love to give the benefit of the doubt and say, maybe he took them all aside and said, turn from your ways, go and sin no more. From the pictures that I see here, and again, if you're just watching, it looks more like they're having a big party. Again, I don't know, I won't know, I can hope that's what's going on, but I just don't think that's what's going on. And it makes me hurt because this is not a good representation of Christianity that loves people, yes, but tells them, hey, stop going in the way that you're going and follow Christ instead. I'll just go back again to Genesis 1.27. God created mankind in his own image. The image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Again, that's, that's just scripture. We need to, with grace and love, preach and say the truth as much as we can. All right, let's go ahead and move on to another story. This story comes from San Diego, California. And this particular pastor was removed from the police oversight board because apparently he believes in the Bible. Um, so this is kind of a strange story. I'll try to sum it up and, and help you to understand it. But essentially, in San Diego County, there was a human relations commissioner and pastor, and he is suing Mayor Todd Gloria for removing him from a city board. 
alleging discrimination against his religious beliefs. This is coming out of the Christian Post. The action followed the pastor's abstention from a vote condemning transphobia, citing his Christian faith. Dennis Hodges, pastor of Yeshua HaMashiach in Lemon Grove and member of the San Diego County Human Relations Commission since 2021, filed the lawsuit in the U.S. District Court for Southern California this month. Hodges, a member of the city board since 2017, abstained from a November 21 Human Relations Commission Human Relations Commission vote on an agenda item relating to the transgender community. The lawsuit attributed Hodges' abstention vote to his religious beliefs, specifically, quote, because the agenda item conflicted with his, his Christian beliefs on creation, God's design for humankind, and human sexuality. When asked about his abstention at the meeting, Hodges assured his fellow commissioners, I love all people, I love transgenders as well, but to me, it's an abomination to the eyes of God, so I don't agree with it, end quote. Now, some of Hodges' fellow commissioners urged him to resign following his abomination remark. He defended his position as consistent with the word of God. He indicated he had no intention of stepping down. In August 23, Gloria used the authority granted by the city charter to veto his reappointment to the San Diego Citizens Advisory Board to the Police Community Relations. Um, and this is just another one of those stories that reminds us that you are not allowed to have or hold biblical values in public. And, th and that's, that's what we really need to keep coming back to. You can have your Christian beliefs. You just can't have them in public. You're not allowed to say what you believe when it comes to anything of substance. When you sing a song that says <laughs> there's only one man and one woman and those are the only two genders, you get banned from the singing competition. When you say you don't even want to vote, he didn't even vote. He abstained from the vote. It isn't like he voted against this. He just said, I don't even want to vote. Now, could he have, could he have done more? Should he have done more? I have no idea. I, I, you know, I wasn't there. All I can say is he didn't even give an action. He had inaction, and that inaction led to his removal from this city board because you can't just be silently biblical. You can't just be silently Christian. You can't even say, no, I don't want to talk about that. No, I don't want to participate in that. You have to participate. You have to celebrate it. You have to do everything you can to endorse, to promote, to celebrate whatever somebody else believes. You're not allowed to have a different belief. You're not allowed to have your own belief. You're only allowed to have the belief of culture. You cannot believe the things that God says in his word that's just the reality of the culture that we are in more and more. And when you realize this, then you have to make that choice. This is where courage comes in. This is where you have to decide, hey, am I going to live life cowering in fear of maybe tripping over myself and saying something that's true or quoting a Bible verse that is against a certain community? Or do you say, God, I'm going to do my best to love everybody as you've told me to? Jesus said, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And at the same time, before, love your neighbor as yourself, you're going to love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, which means following God's commands, which means doing what Jesus tells you to do, which means living a life that's holy. Peter, uh, who was one of the closest people to Jesus, right? Uh, one of his closest disciples uh, wrote in his book, reminded us of Deuteronomy passage that said, be holy as I am holy. This is the important thing that we have to live. Uh, 
uh, over and over again. It's just really important. And more and more, it's easy to not live that way, but we've got to live that way. We've got to do the thing that is the right thing. Otherwise, we're just like the culture. We're just like everybody else. And that's not how we're supposed to be. All right, let's do one more quick story here. And this is... <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I just laugh at some of these things. This is a satanic Christmas tree. Yeah. So um, <laughs> the the satanic temple in Wisconsin put up one of the 66 Christmas trees that will be on display at the National Railroad Museum in Ashwaubenon outside Green Bay until December 31st, according to Fox News Digital. It is decked out with red lights, pentagrams, and ornaments proclaiming Hail Santa... See what they did there? <laughs> yeah. Um, here's here's the sign, the uh, Satanic Temple, Wisconsin. Uh, this is next to this is next to the tree. And if you can't tell, I don't know if you can tell in this picture, but wrapped around the base of the tree and this sign is a giant green snake. So there's that. Um, yeah. So listen. And then Re Representative Mike Gallagher, a Republican of Wisconsin on Sunday, he blasted the satanic Christmas tree display at the railroad museum, which by the way, why is this at a railroad museum? Uh, in his hometown of Green Bay and criticized the museum for insufficient response to public outrage. He said, quote, it's impossible to overstate how offensive this is to Christians. Yes. <laughs> Here And uh, the museum, uh, museum CEO, Jacqueline Frank, responded to the backlash, uh, told NBC affiliate that her museum does not discriminate. She said, quote, we believe everybody should be included regardless of their religious group, regardless of any business, regardless of any organization they're part of. So we don't discriminate since we're not a religious group ourselves. We are going to allow anyone who wants to take place or take part. Uh, Representative Gallagher went on to say the whole thing is a shame and suggested the cultural battles once confined to elite coastal states are now encroaching the heartland. He goes on to say, quote, I thought Northeast Wisconsin was at least immune to something you might see in New York or California, but we need to be vigilant as parents. End quote. This is correct. And this is what I keep saying over and over again. You may have moved away from the coasts to try to get away from some of this woke ridiculousness or this satanic ridiculousness. But the reality is you cannot get away from it because it is in the heart of man and it's going it's going to go everywhere. This is just how it goes. Satan is not creative. He's just patient and persistent and will continue to chase after these things. He will continue to try to fool you. I mean, it, it's no surprise. Where's this picture? It's no surprise that at the base of this Christmas tree is the snake. It's Satan as a snake at the base of the Christmas tree. But it's really funny too. I think this is a really funny thing. Like it's ironic, but it's also funny. Like the whole meaning of Christmas is Christ. <laughs> and yet this Christmas tree is Satan. Like does no one see the irony in this? And, and so there's two things to remember here. It doesn't matter what state you're in. The satanic mindset of woke ideology and cultural Marxism, it has infected everything, everywhere. And number two, all of life is theology and religion. All of it. You think, other people think. I've heard people try to convince me and think that you can separate church and state. You can separate life and, and theology and religion, but you can't. You either serve God or Satan. There's no third way. And you may outly... You, you know, you might not be a person who says, well, I don't I, I don't worship Satan. Like even the Satanists, they'll say, well, we don't actually worship Satan. We just highlight self. But <laughs> if you don't remember back in the garden, the whole sin was saying, I know better than God. 
itself. That's the same sin. Pursuit of selfish ambition is the same as denying Jesus. Again, going back to Peter, it's it's the same thing. We'll read from Matthew 16. Uh, look at Matthew 16, verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to explain to his disciples, he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. Now, he's saying this to the disciples who look at him and go, but we don't want you to go away. We don't want you to be killed. So Peter, verse 22 said, never, Lord, this will never happen to you. You will never get killed on my watch. I mean, I think he means well, right? Peter is saying, hey, Jesus, we're not going to let them kill you. What is Peter's response here? This is the point that we need to internalize. You and me and all Christians need to understand. This is how easy it is to get in the wrong lane. Verse 23, Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan, to Peter the rock of the church. He says, get behind me, Satan. You're a stomach block to me. You don't have in mind the concerns of God. You have only human concerns in mind. Peter was being selfish. He didn't want Jesus to be killed. He didn't want Jesus to go away, which is totally understandable. I probably would have acted the same way. Of course I would. Of course you would. And yet Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Jesus says, this is not the way of God. This is the way of man. When we follow the way of man, whether it be with a silly Christmas tree or any of this weird ideology that we're seeing everywhere, we are following ourselves. We're following the self. We're being selfish. We're doing our way instead of God's way. And that is just wrong. So what are we to do instead? Jesus goes on and he tells us in verse 24, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Listen to this. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world but forfeit their soul? It's about not being selfish, but rather putting yourself in Christ, following after Christ, accepting the new life in Christ. And it's, it, it's important to remember this story. Peter, who messed this up completely, Later, he denies Jesus three more times. After this, even after his rebuke this way, he denies Jesus three more times. And yet, then, after that, Peter is restored and becomes the rock that the church is built on. So, two things. You're never too far. God can still find you. And I hope that he does. And I hope that you turn from whatever it is you're struggling with and turn to him. And two, the difficult teaching here is that if you are not for Jesus, you are against Jesus. And the world does not want to hear that because the world is against God. But God's kingdom is not of this world. We are in it. Jesus is the reigning king. Jesus is reigning today. We are here to follow him. We're here, Matthew 28, to proclaim Christ and Christ crucified and the new life that comes from that to whoever will listen, even though the culture doesn't want you to say anything about that. So we look at current events from a Christian perspective to see that in this, we can see the path is not easy, but it is rewarding and it is good to follow after God. I hope you do that this season. I hope you follow after God with your heart and soul and mind and strength with everything that you have. And I hope, as always, that you'll keep the faith. 
Thanks again for joining Church Public. I really appreciate you being here today. I hope this helps you. If it did, you can like, subscribe, share, send it to a friend, hit a review, hit the like button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button, hit all the buttons. If not, just throw your phone out the window because you're really not going to need it anymore. Thanks for stopping by. God bless, and we'll see you next time.